The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, my friends. Yes, it is time for On Point with Victor. This is the America's Web Radio, and I am Victor Armendariz. Uh, yes, the Mexican, not afraid to be American. Uh, look, we got a lot to get to today. First thing I want to say is I hope all of you had a really nice uh, day of honor uh, yesterday. And, and yes, I call it day of honor. If, if somebody... Look, be nice, don't be mean, but if somebody walks up to you on Memorial Day and tells you happy Memorial Day, it's not a day of happiness. Uh it's a day to take time and 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 remember our veterans and and remember the people who the men and women in uniform who paid the ultimate price so that we can do the things we do today. Uh I sent out a meme on my uh, Radio Victor Instagram page that's that showed a picture of of our men and women, well, I think it was mostly men, but that stormed the beaches of Normandy. And then below that was a picture of today's beaches. And the captions near, merely said, uh, remember those who had a day on the beach like this so you can have a day on the beach that you're having today. And and that's what Memorial Day is. So I hope all of you took time. And, and if you did it the proper way, you took time at 3 p.m. on Monday and uh, just, just remembered and, and, and honor the men and women and the sacrifice uh, that was made, the ultimate sacrifice that has been made by so many so that so many others can live in a country that we deem freedom, uh, that is free. And and yes, I know we've got some really, really bozos running the show and really screwing things up right now, but we're still the United States of America, and we are still Americans. And as long as there's red, white, and blue running through uh, uh, at least a, a, a few Americans left in this country, then we're going to continue to have freedom because we're going to continue to fight. Uh, there, there are those of us like here at America's Web Radio that will never forget the veteran. We're never going to forget people that did serve and people who do serve and currently serve and retired and all the veterans. We'll never forget. And we have lots of Americans across this country that we'll never forget. And we have lots of Americans in this country who know what it means to be American and to know that that freedom is what we strive for. Not just our freedom for tomorrow, but the freedom for next generation. We, we have kids growing up in this country right now who, who are in danger of not really knowing what freedom and liberty really means. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if you've got kids and, or if you've got kids who have kids, make sure you're teaching them and especially, oh, please, 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 if you have a veteran in your family, be it a grandfather, a grandmother, a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, if you've got a military person in your family, have them speak to your kids and your kids' kids. Uh, as many generations as you can get out of them, uh, get them in front of a veteran and let them understand what freedom means to them, what freedom and liberty means to a veteran, and, and, and explain to them why they could have a day off on Memorial Day. Why the last Monday of every May is Memorial Day. Explain to them why it is a day of honor. It's not the last Monday. It's the 30th. Well, it, well, right, but I think I believe it falls on every on the last Monday, though. It doesn't. Are you sure? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to make sure. I'll have to check. But no, I yeah, it, the last the thirtieth, the thirtieth of May. May. Yeah. It could be Tuesday, Wednesday, any day. Okay, so the thirtieth. All right, so thank you, David. And that's why you're the legend. You know, I, I want to throw out one other thing that we talked about yesterday on uh, 
on Phil Forsberg's show, and that is John fifteen thirteen in the Second Testament, which no greater love hath man than to lay down his life for friends. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what a soldier is all about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Especially when, when we refer to American soldiers. I mean, I mean, we, you, you know, David, you, you, you know this as well as anybody who learns some history. Uh, we, we don't, we don't stake our flag on foreign lands. We merely ask for land to bury our dead, uh, of the men and women who, who saved and bailed out Europe, not once, but twice. And, and now, we're kind of on the road, I guess, to having to do it again. I mean, if Biden has his way, we're going to be in a war with Russia and China. But I'll get to that later. But, uh, but yeah, so, folks, just remember, it's a day of honoring. Memorial Day is a day of honoring. Uh, we must honor the men and women that, that and any, uh, just all of our military. I mean, we have to honor these people. It, it's, I can't tell you, and, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to get into this Texas shooting a little bit today. And uh, you just think about this. When, when you ask somebody to run towards gunfire, who does it voluntarily? That's the United States military. That's what they know they're going to do. You know, I, I – I, um, well, I'll get into that in a little bit. But, but just listen, folks. Just remember and teach your family, teach your kids, teach your grandkids, teach you know, your friends, your neighbors, anybody who will listen – Teach them what Memorial Day really is and what it stands for. It's a day of honoring, and uh, and I hope everyone had 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 a good one. And I hope you know everyone just took took a little time to to uh, to to just pause and remember the men and women who did things and sacrificed and made the ultimate sacrifice uh, so that we could live like we're living today. And even though I know we we are in times right now, we're in some dark days right now. We've got some really horrible people running the show in Washington. But you know what? We're Americans. We're the United States. We have the Constitution. And we can reverse course. And I think we're in the process of reversing course. You know, if you look at all the primaries that have been going on, uh, the Republicans have been coming out in numbers and record numbers. And that's, and I say Republicans because people are coming out. Let me word it this way. This will be a better way to word it. There are people coming out in huge numbers that are picking up the Republican ballot and they're participating in the Republican primary. Uh, the energy level is huge and that might be, uh, establishment Republicans, uh, so-called Trump Republicans, uh, conservatives, libertarians, uh, independents, and maybe, maybe, maybe some Democrats out there who are just fed up and understand that they made the wrong choice. And now they're coming, coming back over, just like they did with, with Ronald Reagan, Ronaldus Magnus, just like they did with him. So many Democrats came over and voted for him because they knew Ronald Reagan meant what he said and did what, did what he would, what he said he would do. And, and really made this country a, a, a great place to be after Carter and the Democrats did a number on it back in the seventies. Uh, and now we're at this point again. Here we are. Uh, Biden is doing, so much damage to this country and the Democrats are all too happy to do it and unfortunately there are some establishment Republicans that are going right along with him. You know, Biden's up there because of some of these establishment Republicans and uh, they're doing some damage. But we are Americans. We can and we will reverse course in this country. And I, I, any of you out there who feel who feel defeated, you don't need to feel defeated. You're an American. We don't give up. 
we will not live on our knees. You know, uh, you remember back the story, and I've told the story before, of how the Star Spangled Banner came along. And uh, when Scott Fitzgerald penned that, and when when the when when the the admiral or, or of the English fleet asked him, "My goodness, why are your people so crazy? Why won't they just give up?" And he turned to him and he said, "Well, I will quote General George Washington: We we will die on our feet before we will live on our knees." That's the American spirit. And believe you me, we have an American culture here. And and it doesn't matter if you were born somewhere else. If you have come to the United States for a better life, if you came to live the American dream and you've assimilated and you've become an American, well, then you're part of our American culture. And you too, you may, you may be one of those people out there who came from a country where you're forced to live on your knees. But now you're in the greatest country on the planet to where our government is designed for the people not to live on its knees. Now, we've got some crazy politicians right now who would love it the other way. They want to beat you down, but we're not going to let it happen because we are Americans, and we have the red, white, and blue that runs through our veins, that flag that waves that we we can be so proud of because of what that flag stands for. So we, we will not... We will not let the Democrats take us down without a fight. So I promise you, and what I'm seeing in the primaries, and I'll get to this later too. We'll talk about uh, the election last week that happened here in Georgia. So I'll, I'll get specific about Georgia, and I'll tread on the attention span of all my other listeners. But but everywhere else too, uh, all across this great nation, uh, there are record turnouts in, in primary voting going on. And I hope, I hope, I hope, that we can take out some establishment Republicans along the way of taking out many Democrats. Because when we get to November right now, folks, it looks like we're going to have a very, very good election on getting this country back on the right track, which means we're going to throw out a whole lot of Democrats, which means we'll take control of the House and we'll take control of the Senate, and then we'll block everything. We we will demand that if if that you know, I'm trying to be nice. I really don't want to call him a bozo, but I'd really just, you know, McConnell needs to go. But if McConnell is leading the Senate, if he's a majority leader again after November of this year, we have to demand and we must get everybody in Kentucky to demand that he stand and he block everything that Biden's doing. Unless Biden comes out for the fair tax, unless Biden comes out and wants to do the consumption tax and get rid of the income tax, uh, which we know he's not going to do. Biden's not going to want to improve the military. Biden's not going to want to do things that he need that he should be doing, you know, good conservative principles and good conservative policies. He's not going to do that. So it's going to be up to we, the people, to demand that the Republicans, when they take over in November, that they stand strong and they stop the liberal, stop the social, stop this this ridiculous socialistic uh, uh, policy train that Biden has us on right now. And then in 2024, well, my goodness, I, there's so many good things that, that are going to happen in 20, 2024, whether Trump runs uh, or DeSantis runs or, or, or whoever it is. You know, I, if Trump runs, I think it's his, and I hope he chooses DeSantis as his VP. If, if Trump doesn't run, uh, then I'm 100%. I don't care who runs. It's going to be Ron DeSantis. So uh, we, we've got some good things. We, we have the ability to go eight to possibly 12 years of beautiful, wonderful, nice growth and get this country on the right track. And, and, and we can do a lot in 12 years. But ladies and gentlemen, understand me. In order for the next eight to 12 years to be fantastic, 
we've got to continue to remove establishment Republicans from office. Now, you guys hear me, and I'll talk about it again in a little bit. I have a little segment on on why I blast establishment Republicans so much. Because it, it is a foregone conclusion that we've got to remove Democrats we, from office. We've got to send Democrats to the retirement line. We've got to send, send them to the retirement home, send them to their lobbyist jobs, which is what they're all going to do anyway. But we've also got to send some Republicans to that retirement line. We've got to send some establishment. We've got to get them out. And let me tell you, you people, you listeners in Wisconsin, hear me now and hear me well. Liz Cheney thinks she's going to win her primary, which is coming up. I, I'm, I, it may be next week. I'm not sure, but it's coming up. Liz Cheney, which is the number one Republican besides Lindsey Graham and, and, and Mitch McConnell and that uh, Adam Slinger, Schlesinger, whatever his name is, that needs to go. Liz Cheney's one of the top first top Republicans that needs to be thrown out. She needs to be retired. And she thinks she's going to win because she's actually asking Democrats to switch to not vote in the Democrat primary. She's asking them to vote in the Republican primary. This is the strategy of Liz Cheney, a so-called Republican, a so-called – she'll try to tell you she's conservative. Liz Cheney's not conservative. Liz Cheney is an establishment hack. And Liz Cheney has a problem with somebody like Donald Trump coming in and playing in her sandbox. She doesn't like it. Liz Cheney likes D.C. the way it is. Liz Cheney doesn't care if the Democrats are controlling things. Liz Cheney doesn't care if the Democrats are screwing things up because Liz Cheney will still have her place at the table. She will have her place at the elitist table. And Liz Cheney is is out there trying to get Democrats to cross over and vote in the Republican primary in Wisconsin so she can win because she knows she's going to lose if it's up to the Republicans. And, folks, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And before I run this ad, uh, you know, one thing that is really beginning to bother me is the infighting that the Republicans are doing. And it's already begun with some mudslinging by a doofus named Evans uh, against a good friend of mine, Rich McConnell, that McCormick. That, yeah, I said McCormick. And uh, I know for a fact that he is no rhino. And uh, we'll stand up. I mean, my God, he's a decorated mm. pilot. And surgeon. And surgeon. And, well, he's he's in charge of, or he's in charge of an emergency room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this guy is throwing mud at him saying he's a rhino. Mm. Rich McCormick is no rhino. So we'll be back. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
The views, opinions, and content of the show's hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, we are back. This is the America's Web Radio Station. You're listening to the On Point with Victor Show. Uh, hey, I got a great listener who chimed in. You listeners are great. You guys always uh, interact, and I love it. But I have a listener out in Marietta, out, out in Braves country. And uh, I, I should ask him how the Braves are doing, but I'm almost afraid to. But... Uh, <laughs> Legendary Dave just clued me in on how the Braves are doing. Aren't they a second half team though? Aren't, I mean, a second season. Wait a minute, second of ha- oh man, I can't say it. A after the break of the All Star break, don't they usually pick it up a little bit? Maybe get better. Hopefully, they got a lot to Maybe. pick up. <laughs> by by the way, I want to interrupt you and, and yeah. make sure everybody knows this. Where are you going to be tomorrow at uh, noon? Oh, right. Uh, I will be uh, at WSB Studios here at the flagship station of, of uh, the Eric Erickson Show uh, from 12 to 3, filling in for Eric. That's fantastic. I tell yeah. you what, uh, I'm old, but not quite old enough <laughs> to be Victor's father, but I couldn't be any prouder than uh, Victor has done a heck of a job and uh He's got a lot of support here at America's Web Radio with people uh, texting him all the time. And uh, we, we're certainly proud of him and what he's doing at WSB. So tune in, WSB 950 on your radio. Uh, 750. 750. 750. Seven, 750. <laughs> I've and only been here for yeah, 40 uh, years. Only, only. And uh, they were here a little before <laughs> I was. But anyway, 750. And... Uh, Tune in at 12 noon. 12 noon, Eastern Time. Eastern Time for Mr. Armandadris. <laughs> That's right, and I, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have fun tomorrow, so folks, make sure you tune in. And listen, the best way to listen is if you're if you're in Georgia, it's uh, 95.5 FM, it's 7.50 AM. Uh, that's, I think, what you were thinking. If you're outside of Georgia, you can stream at ericericksonshow.com or you can stream at wsbradio.com. So there are lots of ways to hear the show tomorrow, 12 to 3, Eastern Standard Time. You're going to want to hear it. We're going to have some fun. Um, had a lot of fun a couple of weeks ago, so we're going to do it again tomorrow. Somebody told uh, me you could just stick your head out the window and hear you. Uh, that, that could be. That may be the case. <laughs> it depends on how loud people turn up their radios. I don't know, we'll see. But, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Uh, but, but let me get back to this so this listener and hopefully hopefully now i i do remember i think last year that <clears throat> no one expected the braves to win the world series and they were able to do it so let's hope the braves can turn things around but uh this listener in marietta out there in braves country uh he he asked a good question he said well is there a democrat establishment well absolutely 100 percent. all of washington is a democrat establishment <laughs> so uh you know i guess that's a and i'm glad thank you listener out there because i probably should clarify what i mean by establishment republican because i have some <laughs> i have an awesome listener in daytona beach florida and uh, I should probably name him, but uh, I don't want neighbors to throw eggs at him. 
but, but uh, uh, you know, he, he pointed out to me one time, he said, when I talk sometimes about throwing out people like Lindsey Graham and McConnell, that I should be very clear that I want them replaced with better Republicans and not Democrats. And so let me let me make this clear. Uh, the establishment is is is. That's the power in Washington. And the establishment, the Democrats, they're all establishment. And the Democrats will not go against each other. They, they form together, they run together, and they will die together. And I mean that metaphorically before Media Matters jumps all over me. Um, whereas the Republicans, as David mentioned earlier, they're, they will jump on each other and fight with each other because there's a faction of the Republican Party that I call the Establishment Party. It's the old guard. It's people that have been there for 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, maybe even more. Who knows? I, I think McConnell's 102 years old. Um, I think it's the Jack Daniels that keeps him keeps him young. But um, but you've got the old guard that I refer to as the establishment Republicans, and the establishment Republicans hated Donald Trump. And the reason why they hated Donald Trump is because Donald Trump joined their sandbox and he peed all over it, and they didn't like it. Uh, you've got to understand the the big government is bad for everybody. I don't care who's controlling it, whether it be the Democrats controlling it or the establishment Republicans controlling it. The bigger government gets, the worse it gets for you and me. And that's what you need to understand. And people like McConnell and Lindsey Graham, they love big government. In fact, they love wars. And and they, they love the, 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 the just the way the machine runs because they're part of it, because they're entrenched in it. Uh, they they never have to worry about anything that you and I down here in the in the trenches of just living in America. They never have to deal with what we have to deal with. The policies that they put forth. Look, folks, they didn't even have to participate in Obamacare, but many of you did. Many of you had didn't have a choice, but they did. They've always got a choice. And let me tell you, anything, anything that 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 leaders that we elect representatives that we send to Washington, any law they pass, they should be subject to first. There should never be a, a law or relegation or, or, or any, anything like that passed that we the people have to bear that the establishment doesn't have to bear. If you're an elected official and you're putting forth a law, then you darn well better be prepared to, to enact that or, or not just enact the law, but you better be prepared to live by that law. And, but so many of our establishment, the way the system works, the bigger government gets, the more they're able to cut themselves out of of the bearing the burdens of the very things that they're passing and forcing on you and me, we the people. And that's just that's just the way it is. But we can change it. And the way to change it is to get back to the where the way our founding fathers wanted it. They wanted farmers. They wanted store keeps, shopkeepers. They wanted teachers. They wanted people from all backgrounds to be voted in and go, go to Washington, represent for one term, two terms, and then get out, go home. Politics was never supposed to be a career, but your establishment politicians, Democrats and Republicans have made it a career, not just for them, but for their family. That we should never have dynasties in a free republic. There shouldn't be the Kennedy, the Kennedy, the Kennedy dynasties. There shouldn't be the Bushies. There shouldn't be the Clintons. There should, we should not have family dynasties that can just pass power on through the bloodline. 
that shouldn't happen in this country, and we need to stop it. And we have the power to stop it, ladies and gentlemen. We do. I know, I know there's some of you out there telling me, but Victor, but Victor, what about the ballot box? What about the ballot box? What about these machines? Can they be hacked? Look, right now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't see enough evidence out there saying that these machines are hacked. I know we can overcome because turnout will beat fraud. Right now, I, I'm, I'm, I promise you turnout will beat fraud. You've just, you can't, you can't walk around with your head down. You've got to walk around with your head up. When you go talk to neighbors, you be proud that you're ready to vote for a Republican. You be proud that you found a conservative you can vote for. You be proud that you maybe you found a, a Republican that, that is more libertarian. You be proud that you can vote for them. And when you talk about it, don't mention, oh, I'm afraid it's just going to be stolen. Because if you put out those negative vibes, that negativity is going to spread like wildfire. What you want to spread is the brilliance of America. You want the ingenuity of Americans to spread. You want that positivity to spread. Let me, do you think Stacey, look, for you folks in Georgia, do you think Stacey Abrams is going to run around Georgia and tell you how great things are going to be when she's elected? No. She's out there telling you that Georgia sucks. She's telling you that Georgia's the worst state in the union. Now, why on earth, Stacey Abrams, uh, queen of the earth, <laughs> or president of this united planet, why on earth would you want to be governor of a state that you say is the worst state to live in? More in importantly, the why in the world would anybody vote for something like oh, that? Oh, absolutely. Why would you vote? Let's, thank you, David. Why would anybody out there, if you're a Democrat and you think you have to vote D, why would you vote for a lady who's telling you you live in the worst state in the union when you know damn well that's not true? Ladies and gentlemen, gas in California is over $6 a gallon for regular. Gas in New York is rapidly approaching $6 for regular if it's not already over $6. Gas in New Jersey is reaching 6 bucks. Gas in Connecticut. Gas in Boston. And I know because I was just there. But your gas in, in Georgia, it's, it's just over 4 bucks, and that was just recently. And it's staying low because we have a governor, and Governor Kemp, whether you like him or not, who's doing everything he can to fight the Biden policies, and he's withgoing the, the gas tax in Georgia. And let me tell you, that's a lot of revenue to the state of Georgia that they're going to forego so they can keep prices down. That's what Georgia's doing. That's what Kemp's doing. Now, look, we'll talk about Kemp later in the show and, and because you guys know I, I make no bones about it. He wasn't my first choice. But he's done a lot better than I ever thought he would do. And going up against Stacey Abrams, Kemp's got to be the guy. And I know I just got off a lot of, uh, off track and onto some Georgia news, but we'll, we'll, we're going to get into that. You know, uh, you're wrong. Pardon me. But uh oh. <laughs> it's not just Georgia news. There right, are many, many people across the country that I talk to, mm -hmm. and they they'll ask, "Why would you vote for somebody like right. Abrams?" That's so true, and David. It's yep. we're uh, we're in the spotlight, folks. Absolutely. David, you are 100% right. And, and I think I've said it before, and thank you for reminding me, David. Uh, this, this election in Georgia, all eyes were on it last Tuesday uh, from across the country. It has impl implications across the country. Uh, people are watching to see if the lies Stacey Abrams are telling, if that's going to be, if that's going to work. And, and right now it doesn't look like it's going to work, but, but I've got, to have all the Georgia voters, we've got to stand together and 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 whether again, you cannot like Kemp, but you can vote for him because if you don't, you're voting for Abrams, 
and and I don't want to hear anything else about it. That because that's that's just a fact. And we're going to have to band together and stop Abrams because I don't care as bad as you think Kemp is or you think Kemp didn't do certain things in 2020. Abrams will be ten times worse. That's just a fact. So, uh, and I'll get to more of that later. But back on this establishment thing. So, yes, the establishment, the Democrats in Washington, they're all establishments. The bureaucracy is establishments. And and Republicans, when I talk about the Republican establishment and what David mentioned to he alluded to this earlier about how Republicans will attack each other. You know, you're not going to see Democrats attacking each other, but you will see Republicans trying to eat their own. And that is because Republican establishment like Lindsey Graham and McConnell, who are the old guard, they do not like conservatives. They do not like people coming in like Trump who actually show by example that good policy can make Washington work for the people. And the establishment Republicans don't like it because they like the game they got going on. All right, folks, we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the On Point with Victor Show. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back, folks. So, uh, again, to this, this, um, listener in Marietta, his other point was, what if an outsider comes in as a, as a Democrat? Well, I, right now in today's Democrat party, that can't happen. That won't happen because the, uh, Democrat party is being taken over by the likes of AOC and her gang. And, and, uh, but imagine, I, I mean, I guess I could imagine what a outsider Democrat would look like. I just don't think it, they exist. And if they do exist, 
Because look, let me tell you something. Joe Manchin is not an outsider Democrat. Joe Manchin is a Democrat. Look at his voting record. 98% he's voting with Biden. Uh, so trust me. Trust me on this. The only reason that um, that Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema are pushing back at all on the filibuster and hold, and probably would hold tight on on guns is because they're from gun states and they don't want to lose their position of power. Uh, neither one of them wants to lose their next election, which is why they push back a little bit. But go look at their voting records. If you doubt me, go look at their voting records. Now, what would an outsider Democrat look like? That's a good question. Um, let me tell you, I think uh, if, if you know, I've been asked before to run as a Democrat. I've been asked by by people in the state of Georgia and, and I'm talking Republicans asking me to get in a certain race and run as a as a Democrat. And uh, just because, uh, you know, I'm Hispanic and I have the Hispanic name and and I've, I had an Emory professor tell me, uh, Victor, your name alone will get you elected if you just have a D by your name. And, and I and I just I always thought that that that's so ridiculous. But unfortunately, it's true uh, because so many Democrats and so many districts that are overwhelmingly Democrats will just go and punch the letter D without knowing who that person is next to it. So if I were to ever try that. Maybe maybe I would be considered a Democrat outsider, and, and maybe that consists of I, I believe in America. I love America. Now, right there, that's going to disqualify me as a Democrat, but, but we're talking outsider. If there was such a thing as an outsider Democrat, maybe maybe that person could come along and have the guts to say, I love America. I love our history. I love our founding fathers. I love our Constitution. Uh, but – I, I'm socially, I don't want the government involved in uh, things like abortion. Uh, I don't want the government involved in things. If you, who cares who you get married to? Uh, let's, let's, let's put all that stuff on the states. Maybe that would be an outsider Democrat. Um, and, and, and by golly, if a Democrat really cared, really wanted to tax the, the rich and the wealthy, then they would get on board with the fair tax idea. So maybe that would be a Democrat outsider. But if you can find somebody to stand up and run as a Democrat who believes in those principles I just mentioned, then, man, I, 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 I could actually vote for a Democrat possibly. But they don't exist. And if anybody did try and run, let's just say if I listen to the Emory professor and I, and I listen to a lot of other Republicans that want me to run in a certain district that is overwhelmingly Democrat and they want me to run as a Democrat, then I could tell you that would be my platform. Uh, my love for America, my, 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 the, the love for this country that welcomed my immigrant father, uh, the, 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 the Constitution. What a great thing. Freedom. What a great thing. Liberty. What a great thing. Uh, how the states should have most of the, most of the issues should be on the state level, not the federal government. Federal government should be small. You know, those are things I would run on. So, hey, maybe they wouldn't pay attention and they'd vote for me just because I had a letter D by my name. That seems to be the, the theory of, uh, this one professor from memory that I talked to. So, so I don't know. So, but that that that's some good points and good questions there uh, made by the uh, listener out in Marietta. So, um, I'll have to give that some more thought. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow on the Erickson Show. Uh, but uh, I want to move on a little bit today. Look, I, I did not want to talk about the Texas shooting. Uh, I am damn sure not going to mention the name of the Texas shooter. Uh, that psychopath doesn't need to to be named. He doesn't need to to have any attention brought to him by naming him uh, and and putting his name all over the media. What a shame. No one should be doing that. Uh, let me tell you something. There are some evil people in this world, and there are some psychopathic people in this world. And when evil meets psychopaths, it ain't a good result. And there are other people out there planning 
they're planning their evil and they're looking for soft targets to commit their evil. And when they see a shooter like the one in Texas get elevated and pla- his name plastered all over the news, that's just going to give them more uh, cause or more. They may, in that sick mind of theirs, they're going to think that they're going to be uh, idolized. And so they may go through with whatever they're planning. We need to stop doing this. So I will not name the shooter. And I, and I didn't even really want to talk about the Texas shooting, but I've got to, but I've got to say a few things because now here's another example of what I mean by establishment Republicans. Because if you have any doubt on what I've been telling you about establishment Republicans, you're about to see and you're about to learn what I mean about the establishment Republicans. Because there's a group of establishment Republicans that are going to jump on board with the Democrats and they're going to be screaming, gun control, gun control. Let's work together. Let's cross the aisle and, and bastardize the Second Amendment. And every one of those Republicans needs to be voted out of office, I will tell you right now. Not one gun taken from a law-abiding citizen would have changed the outcome of the Texas shooting. But you know what would have changed the outcome of that Texas shooting? One gun in the hands of a law-abiding citizen who was in that school, whether it be a police officer, a security guard, whether it had been an armed teacher or an armed principal. Had anyone in that school had just some training and had a concealed weapon, nobody's got to know that they have a weapon. But if one person had had a weapon in there, how many children would have been saved? So when the Democrats and establishment Republicans start to play footsies, because that's what they're about to do, the establishment Republicans are about to screw the Republican Party and anyone who votes Republican – because they're going to jump on and start playing footsies about let's cross the aisle and let's do something for gun control. Let's let's do more gun control. Let's restrict the Second Amendment. What they are saying, if, what, basically what they're saying is they're looking, they're getting ready to look at you in the face. We the people, they're getting ready to look us in the face in the face and go, well, we know you've got a Second Amendment. We know that it clearly states that the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. But they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. And they're going to do it with a smile on their face. But not one measure of gun control is going to stop the next evil psychopath from walking into a soft target and causing carnage. Why aren't we talking about real solutions? Why won't the Democrats talk about real solutions? And why won't the establishment Republicans, when Democrats come over and go, please cross the aisle and work with us on gun control, why won't the establishment Republicans look at them and say, how about you cross the aisle and you work with us for real solutions on hardening soft targets, real solutions on barricading schools, on, on maybe barricading is not the word, but on strengthening and securing our school system. Why don't the establishment Republicans come out and and demand that the Democrats cross the aisle to work for them on this? Why isn't it on the news every day that just a few weeks ago, the Democrats, led by Chuck U. Schumer, who gave you a big Chuck U., just a few weeks ago, by blocking a Republican bill that would have fortified schools? There was a Repu- – you can look it up, folks – a Republican bill to fortify schools was blocked by Chuck U. Schumer and the Democrat Party. 
Why aren't the Republicans talking? Why isn't Lindsey Graham out? When Lindsey Graham, who won't miss a chance to go on Hannity to fundraise, why won't he go on Hannity and say, we tried to pass a bill, but the Democrats blocked it that was going to fortify schools? Why won't he go on Hannity and say, we need the Democrats to come over and work with us to to strengthen hard targets? Let's turn soft targets into hard targets. Why won't the establishment Republicans do that? Why are the establishment Republicans right now getting ready to, to, to walk and march lockstep with the Democrats on restricting your Second Amendment? Now, let me repeat. There is not one gun that can be taken away from a law-abiding citizen that would have changed the outcome of the Texas shooting last week. But had one law-abiding person had a gun and the training and, and were in that area and went into that school, they could have stopped and saved so many lives. And how do we know this? How do we know? Because A, the security guard, whether he was armed or not, wasn't on campus when that shooting took place. Why? Why wasn't he? Why aren't these questions being asked? Where's CNN? Where's MSNBC? Where's PBS? Where's NBC, CBS, ABC? Where are, where's NPR? Why do I still see posts on Facebook and other social media attacking the guns and not attacking the system? The system that failed every student that lost their lives in that school in Texas. Where Where is the outcry? Where's the demand for accountability for the system that failed? Now, look, and I am sure David would agree with me on this. I am not going to sit here and expect that just run-of-the-mill Americans or even some police officers to have the cojones to go in and, and face down fire, uh, to, to, to go towards gunfire. I'm not expecting them to do that, folks. Let me tell you something. If you haven't experienced, if you haven't looked down uh, the, the barrel of a gun, if you haven't gone towards, if you haven't had bullets whizzing by your ears or, or dinging the, the pavement around you, um, then, then you too, you, you, I, I, I'm just, I'm not going to sit here and badmouth police officers, but I will badmouth the system because if you are trained, and we and we know at just about I think every municipality across the country, and whether it be federal or local, uh, state level, you are trained. If there's an active shooter, you go towards the shooter. If you're the first officer on scene, you go to the shooter. Now, if there are officers that couldn't do that, again, I am not going to badmouth officers who just can't do that because unless you've had bullets whizzing by you, you don't know what you would do. Now, I know what I think I would do, and I, and I know what a lot of you think you would do. But until you're in that situation, you just don't know. So, if, but, but here's the thing. If there were officers, which we know there were officers in there at Texas on the grounds of the school that would not go towards the shooter, then those officers need to be put on different detail. Those aren't the officers that need to respond to school shootings. We need people to respond with school shootings who understand that the 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 job is going to be if there's an active shooter you're going towards the shooter you go you go as a team or you go one on one but you go towards the shooter because you have to neutralize that shooter you've got to go with your firepower and if these officers didn't have uh, AR15s of their own if they didn't have the proper weapons then why why is that why is the system failing that is the issue here that is the issue and look folks i'm not angry i'm just right 
I'm just right. Why wasn't the school resource officer on campus? Why wasn't he there? Why did he drive by the school and not stop and investigate? The the shooter hid behind his wrecked truck as the security officer drove by. Why? Why didn't he get out and assess the situation? Folks, these are questions that got to be asked. And we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, folks. Welcome back. This is the On Point with Victor Show. I am Victor Armendariz, the Mexican, not afraid to be a Marcan. I'm not afraid to drive a big old truck either. <laughs> and I... Kind of need a ladder to get in and out of it, especially the uh, older I get and the more my injuries get 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 to me. But uh, I don't care. I'm still going to drive that big old American truck uh, <laughs> built in America. <laughs> so, all right. But but listen to what I'm saying, folks. And I, I mean, I, I I can't put this in, in any other way. But if 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 the training needs to be better, then the training needs to be better. Um, we've got some unbelievable men and women that wear the uniform of the police officer. And and we had a system failure in Texas. Uh, kids would be alive today. Now, look, I, I am not going to get into the gruesome details. I don't want to get into gruesome details. But, a lot, but there were kids who bled out because the police didn't move in when they should have moved in. Uh, you've got a police chief or whoever was the commander on site at the at the Texas shooting who wanted to treat it as a barricade situation, not as an active shooter situation. It was an active shooter situation. Folks, we had police officers who were screaming to the kids to yell if you need help. And when the kids yelled help, the shooter went and shot them. Can you imagine? There were parents being tased. There were parents being pepper sprayed because there were parents who, and let me tell you, I don't doubt for a minute that many of those parents would have bum-rushed that shooter. And many of them would have lost their lives, but they would have saved lives in the, in the meantime. They would have saved lives. I have no doubt the parents would have done it. So if you are a trained officer and you can't do that, then you know what? I, I, I understand. But you don't need to be the one responding to the to the scene, and you don't need to be the one holding others back. Now, there's more information and more information coming out. I have heard that there were there were border patrol tactical units who wanted to go in, and they were not allowed to go in. Now, if that's the case, then some somebody needs to be held accountable for that. But let me tell you this: had I been present at that school. No police on the planet would have been able to stop me from going in to save kids. None of them. So uh, the tactical unit who were told to stand down and stood down, I, shame, shame on them. Uh, I, I believe that, <laughs> you know, they're, they're actually – and David 
maybe you can speak to this a little bit. I believe there is in the military code that such a thing as don't follow bad orders. If if you're if you're told orders that you know are illegal, that you can actually resist. And and if you're on the ground being told not to go in by a, a police officer and you're a tactical unit, I think you should disobey that, and they should have gone in. So I. I I have to look look that up, but I believe at least in the Navy, I, I I'm almost positive that they teach them if your if your commanding officer gives you a, an order that you know you're know to be illegal, you can challenge it. In the so. Navy, it'd be uh, mutiny, I believe. In the Army, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, and it was my understanding that the Border Patrol. Bortek was the one that took down the shooter. I believe they did. Now, Eventually, were you know, the ones one, who went in. One thing that you haven't addressed that needs to be addressed, and uh, yeah, I, you know, more cops in school, more this, more that, more whatever. Mm-hmm. But defunding the police, mm. we got to get rid of that. Absolutely. Give them the equipment that they need. They mm. had no shields. Right. And, and uh, why? Why wouldn't you have shields? You know, so, David, they just did a rehearsal. They did a active shooter training session in that school about two months ago. Hmm. Why would you not have the equipment? But the point of the story is and you address some of it and you know, they keep addressing different things, whether it's take away all rifles or mm-hmm. assault weapons and all that. Well, one, it wasn't an assault weapon anyway. It's not. It's <laughs> right. not a military weapon. It was not a military. Exactly. Uh, it was not an automatic weapon. And not, yeah. the the other thing is, you know, you're and nobody, to my knowledge, is addressing this. Now, Roger did the other day, and we did the other day. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're really. You're really playing whack-a-mole, and you get a crazy that's going to kill somebody, and if he can't do it at a school, he can do it at a movie theater. He'll if find he a can't, soft target. If he can't do it at a movie theater, he'll do it at a church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so forth and so on. And do I have the answer? No, I don't have the answer. However, you know, as I've brought up several times, we had the situation in the 50s with Cobby copycat airplane bombers that and what did we do we set up security that they check your liquids going in (laughs) exactly before you get on an airplane Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and there is a solution to this of course but it's it's got to be looked at in my opinion realistically uh you know going around house to house taking up weapons that's not going to do it that's no that's stupid uh giving everybody a mental test i talked to some friends about that it can't be done that's infringement of human rights you know it's infringement of the second amendment too yeah so but i have faith in our government to a degree. <laughs> to a degree. But that somebody out there, a lot smarter than me, will come up with a solution and an answer to how do we protect. And it's mm. not just protecting the kids. Yes, mm. I've had kids go through school, and if I'm like you, if uh, something like this were to happen with my kids in school, um, I'd drive my car in there, you know? Right. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... You know, we've got to come up with a realistic answer. The realistic answer for the airplanes was checking everybody as they check in. Right. Uh, The realistic answer for this... 
is, you know, you you put the guards at the doors, but at the same token, you put the metal detectors at the doors too, and. Well, you know, the metal detector goes off. He goes banging his way through, right? Uh, firing well, at everything. So. I mean, yeah, those are great points, David. I mean, I, and it can be done. And we need solutions, real solutions, real world solutions, not political uh, talk. And, right. and that's what, you know, we don't need politics right now, but the Democrats can't help themselves. Uh, but, David, let me tell you, and to your point, how easy it would be the, the, what the Republicans and the Democrats could do together and start right now. And you, and they love to spend money. Both of them love to spend money. So let's get some money. Let's get the, give it to the school district specifically to be used to fortify schools. And what do I mean by fortifying schools? I mean there's one way in. And a lot of way out. There's every just every new building and old buildings are designed to have very few entrances, but a whole lot of exits, because that that right there is the first thing that should be done with schools. And anybody that has decent eyesight and half a brain. You put the camera on the door or you put the mm. camera on the entrance, mm-hmm. you see a guy holding a violin bag you know? <laughs> or any other suspicious or anything uh, right. else suspicious. Right. And, and, and you know, this guy was holding an AR. Had to be and, holding me, I think, a couple of. Yeah. And, and 300 You tell plus me rounds. a person watching a monitor couldn't say, mm-hmm. we got a problem at door number three. Yeah. Or, 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 or like I said, the way I think and the easiest thing to do is you have one entry point at, at every school, one entry point. And, and like David said, you see the monitors. You're, all, you're watching a monitor. Oh, okay, this guy needs to be stopped, and this guy needs to be questioned. Uh, even even a lockdown. And the, the door should always be locked. The school in Texas, their doors were supposed to be locked, but they weren't. And, and, and what do I mean by one entryway? You funnel people in one one entrance, but you have multiple exits because those exits cannot be entered, but you can exit those exits. And that is that is the first thing to do. God, did that sound like Kamala? Yeah, didn't it? <laughs> I would do my impersonation of Kamala Harris. No, but, uh, but, but this is the way many buildings are secured right now this day buildings that are being designed and uh, and that's the way uh, schools need to be and and it wouldn't take you know look we're, we're we've given over 50 is it billion or trillion uh i guess billion dollars to the ukraine billion. now look i i i, I don't uh I, I want to help Ukraine, and we should help Ukraine. Uh, we don't need to be in a war with Russia. We don't need to be in a proxy war with Russia. And there are things we can do, and there are things that we should have done that the Biden administration didn't do. But we don't need to be sending billions and billions more. Because let me tell you what this is going to do. So many of these billions of dollars that are going to the Ukraine are going right to Zelensky and his surrounding people. They're going to pocket tons of that money, put it offshore, and then they're going to send some of that money back to the Democrat coffers. That's the way this works. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Anybody heard of Hunter Biden's laptop? My goodness, I don't even need to go into that right now. But so much of that money is going to come back. So if we're going to be spending $50 billion plus dollars to the Ukraine – then why can't we spend a billion or so dollars to fortify schools by making every school, every school has one entryway and it's got cameras, it's got detectors, it's got police guards, it's got uh, retired military. There are lots of retired military veterans who would take a part-time job standing guard at a school. 
There are. We just got to be willing to go out and get them and pay them. And, and this could be done. And you have one entryway per, for, per school. And then you have a lot of exits. Because should somebody attack the front of that school or, 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 or there a gunfight going on maybe, then there are lots of other exits to get those kids out while that shooter is being delayed in the front of that entrance. I mean, this is, this can be done. It can be done. That's a real solution that Democrats and establishment Republicans can do right now. But what are they doing? What are they doing? Your establishment Republicans are playing footsies with the Democrats and about to go on this whole gun control, gun control. How can we take and restrict guns from the law-abiding American citizen? And that, my friends, is not a solution. You know, just what you're saying, and like Roger has said as well, okay, we take all the guns away. We burn them. We mm-hmm. destroy them. Uh, are we taking all the fertilizer away? Are we taking all the cars away? <laughs> the knives. The, the knives. You know, that's a good point, David. We just had a killer a few months ago that took an SUV and targeted people because it was a BLM activist or, or one of those activists, and he went and targeted uh, white folks and other and kids, and he mowed them down in, in, in a parade, and he used a car. Are we going to ban SUVs now? All right. So that's a great point because – to your point, David, when a psychopath has intersected with evil and they want to go kill, if they can't get the gun, they're going to use a bomb. If they can't get a bomb, they're going to use a truck. If they can't get a truck, they'll use a car. If they can't get a car, they'll use a bat or a knife. Or they, the, the object of their violence is not going to, to um, change deter. their mind. Yeah, it's not going to deter them. The, the, the Restricting one weapon or or anything that can be used as a weapon is not going to deter evil. Evil is going to do what they want to do especially when it intersects with psychopaths. Uh so how do we do how do we protect ourselves and how do we protect the most vulnerable? We protect the most vulnerable by making a soft target a hard target. You know that bozo that shot people up in Buffalo a few weeks ago? He wrote in his diary or whatever it was, manifest. He in his manifest, he he wrote I chose my target, and I'm paraphrasing, but I chose my target because I have the least likely that I'm going to be shot at at this target. It was a soft target. He went to a place where he knew there wouldn't be uh, Americans with guns to shoot back at him. And and that, ladies and gentlemen, and this is what I mean, a, a, a criminal, a psychopath evil is going to find a way to, to inflict damage that they want to inflict, and they're going to take the least the path of least resistance to do it. it it's not going to matter what kind of weapon they have. What's going to matter is taking away their soft targets. What if a police car had been sitting in front of that school in Texas? You think maybe the shooter would have driven by? Possibly. Possibly. We've got to fortify schools, folks. We've got to take care of our, our, of our most vulnerable, and there's a way to do it. And we got to demand our politicians do it. All right, folks, i got to get out of here. Stay tuned. Locked and Loaded is up next with Roger B. I'm sure he's going to have lots more to say. So don't go anywhere. And uh, tune in tomorrow, WSB, uh, Eric Erickson Show. I will be filling in. And if you can't make that, tune in to America's Web Radio. Absolutely. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.